This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Episode 86, Social Media and Your Career. Do you have a social media policy for your career? Welcome to the podcast where we inform, motivate, and give you an inside look at the many aviation careers. Well, today we have a really interesting topic, and we also have two other hosts with us today. Eric Crump, Aerospace Director in Polk State College, of Polk State College, excuse me, a truly passionate aviation educator, and also Tom Wachowski, Corporate Pilot and Career Advocate. Welcome to the show, Eric and Tom. Hey, good to hear you guys. Hey, hey, welcome to you guys being here. It's really good to be back having a chat again. Yeah, and I tell you what, it's it's wonderful to have you guys on because uh, everybody really enjoys the show when the two of you are here for some some input, and we're really looking it's forward like to that. It's the stars align and, and everything <laughs> in the universe is perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and speaking about stars align and everything's perfect in the universe, we, we haven't been quite perfect lately. Uh, that's part of our announcements today. So before we begin the show, we have some really cool stuff we want to talk about i just uh introed it as far as social media and your career but we have a lot of announcements so let me get those out of the way and then we'll talk, start talking about our topic and also we're going to talk a little bit of, or take some uh, listener mail as a matter of fact and uh, don't forget to write into us at feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com and uh, also uh you can also do dip my wings that's uh, you can punch that in your phone and it'll actually call us and we'll read your message or we'll actually uh, play the recording online if you want us to uh but quickly announcements okay you we we know that we have just released the aerospace scholarships guide which we are really excited about and i really appreciate everybody that stepped up and has purchased the guide well there's a couple of ways to get that scholarships guide and um, you know, Eric and I think Tom have actually looked at it a little bit. It's it's a growing project. It's continuing on in the future, and I'm hoping to do this for at least the next 20 years, the scholarships guide. But this is what we did. We have uh, a different formats for that guide. It originally started as an online directory, and you've asked to have it as a downloadable ebook. The way we did that, we made it a PDF file. Well, what happened when we made the PDF file, I'm not sure how this happened, but we, we lost the links, and we also lost the links as far as the, the contents are concerned. I just fixed that today. So if you are a member of Aviation Careers Podcast, a paid member, you will be able to download that new PDF file. Also remember this. Every quarter, we update that PDF file, and sometimes every month, depending on if we find that we have a lot of new scholarships. So if you are a member, you can download that as many times as you want. We're going to send out emails telling you when it's updated, so make sure you actually uh, sign up for our emails by going to the aviationcareerspodcast.com. Also, if you purchase this from Amazon, that's another place you can find this. We're now on Amazon, finally. We, pr- we published a book about a couple weeks ago. And on Amazon, we do update that book also. So if you purchase the 2015 guide, when we send an update, that guide is updated. So you may have to re-download it. Uh, when you'll, you'll notice on your reader, normally if a newer reader, that there's a newer version of it, and you can download that. So once you purchase it, you get all updates for that year, and then 2006 will be a, a different year. So I just want to give everybody an update there because of that. Another thing that we've changed, uh, we used to call things annual membership and all these different things, blah, blah, blah. 
we've made it simpler. There's you're either a member or or you're not. Uh, there's there's you can register as a free user, but membership is paid. And the way we do it, it's ten dollars for one month. Uh, that you can have a membership to the website, or if you want, you can purchase a whole year for a hundred dollars, and that gives you, you know, twelve months for the price of just ten months. And I think you'll find it as a, as a great value because what we've done is we've included the uh, all sorts of stuff in there. We've got the practical guide, the winter flying. If you become a member, you get that. You also get all the technical videos that we have on winter flying, IFR, flying IFR in the summer, and, and also the pilot jobs book, which is by Tom Wachowski. So you get all that included in that price. So it's really worth it. There's a lot a lot there for you. The other thing that we've done is, um, and, you, and you've asked for this, is we've placed that if we've placed some of the videos out there uh, for basically free if you register on the website if you just register on the website you'll be able to play the the first in every series first video of every series uh, except right now the pilot jobs book we're updating that one right now but at least you'll be able to see the first video if you like the video of course you want to see video two you just click on it and it'll give you the purchasing options boy that's a lot uh, of new items there and uh, it, we've been working on the technical side of this and thanks for all the input by the way I'd really uh, if you could give me more input on the website if you you could as far as the how to navigate and that type of thing because everything you've been telling me i've been fixing it you know and, and moving forward with our it guy actually our it guy is me so i've been fixing <laughs> it myself <laughs> you need to get the it guy a raise i think <laughs> i think he does need a raise uh, thank god my background was computer programming right uh but it, it's interesting though uh just navigating through this whole web process uh, for us. You know, we're new at this, this idea of, hey, let's put some scholarships together. You know, what could go wrong? <laughs> it's like, that, I did not realize how large the project was. And Is that uh, kind of like uh, when you're in the cockpit and you say, hey, watch this hey, now? Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> watch this. I got to make a scholarships guide. <laughs> and and it has grown. I mean, I, I spent a bazillion, I mean, it's not a bazillion, a bunch of money on, on the scholarships and putting it together. And I, I love it. It's a labor of love. And, and uh, by becoming a member, it, it defrays a lot of those costs. Otherwise, uh, I, I'm not so sure uh, I, could, I could put this together. So if you're thinking about donating to us, we don't take donations, maybe think about becoming a member on the website. Um, also, uh, we've, we've got a couple other announcements, some happy announcements we have here. First of all, uh, normally what we do is we have the scholarships at the end and announcements about people's, you know, what they've achieved, et cetera. But we're going to start off with one. Uh, from Eric Crump. He's got a really cool announcement, and then I'll go into some of the things that I have here. What's your announcement, Eric? Well, it's an announcement slash shout-out, I suppose. Um, one of our students just last week uh, completed the commercial pilot uh, certification. Extremely uh, proud of her, Miss um, Carissa Strickland. And Carissa is not only a very good pilot who accomplished a major goal going forward, she can now get paid to fly given the right conditions and she can tell you all about holding out in private and public carriage because she just passed the commercial pilot practical <laughs> test. Um, but so I'm, I'm really proud of her making, making that step. But Chris is a huge, um, you know, a huge uh, asset to our program, organizes pretty much everything um, and is just generally a very decent person. It keeps everybody motivated and moving forward. And in addition to um, being really proud of her flight training accomplishment, also just a Shout out uh, to Carissa, who I know listens to this podcast, for uh, her outstanding work within the program as well. 
Well, great job, Carissa. She's uh, she actually is a terrific person and helps out with more than uh, just you know going to school. She helps out with uh, different nonprofits, but uh, the one big thing she does is she's involved with the flight team over mm-hmm. at uh, Polk State College. And uh, if you, I guess you can go out to the Facebook page uh, of Polk State in the uh, aviation aerospace, right, and see the yeah. pictures of her. Yep. And also, you can find if you want, she's helping with the the flight team and. Uh, she's doing a, a bang-up job coordinating. If you need something done, you ask Carissa. And uh, as a matter of fact, if you could go out there and check it out, that's one of uh, one of the links we want you to see. It's GoFundMe.com slash Polk Flight Team. You can just look at their uh, Facebook page and go find the, the logo that says GoFundMe. Trying to raise money for the team because uh, uh, right now we're – we don't have one of the key ingredients, and that's the airplane. And uh, we're, we're really trying to raise some money to, to move forward with that. We just had a, a bunch of meetings today trying to, to move forward with the flight team. For those that don't know, I'm also the coach of the flight team, and they've asked me to do that. And uh, It's been a challenge to start get it up and started, but we have a lot of ideas now as far as what we want to do going forward. And it's a wonderful thing for them to get There's involved. There's a, mo- a lot of motivation inside that group, and I'm very proud of what they're doing. And I mean, to think that, you know, in, in the course of an academic semester, they organized, they got a charter, they got approved, and now they're seeking funding. I mean, that's it's pretty amazing because most of them are working jobs. Carissa works for Sun and Fun um, and also just picked up an internship this summer. I need to brag on her for that. She just picked up an internship uh, in operations at the Lake Linder Airport as well. Really? So um, so they, they all have a lot of things going on awesome. even outside of their academic pursuits, but yet they, they really came together toward this goal. And, you know, I, I honestly, I couldn't tell you why they wanted Carl to be their coach, but, you know, I think they felt <laughs> I was just questioning them. On that. I, you know, Tom, Tom turned them down. And, um, and, you know, Tom was the first choice. And, um, and so anyway, but no, we're, we're really glad to have, uh, Carl on board too. And that, uh, that whole process is going really well. I'm looking forward to a big fall term and, and, uh, getting to compete for the first time at NIFA this, uh, this winter. So it's going to be great. We're, we're excited about that. Uh, and again, uh, congrats, Chris, uh, the terrific job and look forward to, to seeing what she does in the future. Also, another, uh, quick announcement is, uh, the fact that, uh, and I forgot about this. This is horrible. I started getting all these posts and stuff and emails from people just today. Uh, this is actually our third year anniversary of Aviation Careers Podcast. Can you believe that? Congratulations. Uh, wow, well, congrats. That's a mile marker for sure. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's, uh, we've been doing this for a while. Uh, we started off kind of slow. We skipped some episodes, blah, blah, blah. But now we're on the on track for, you know, the 8th and the 22nd, uh, putting them out there uh, every other week. And we also are continuing with now posts on our website. We're starting to do uh, our favorite uh, aviation job postings and aerospace job postings every other week. And uh, so we're going to put those out there every w- other week. So make sure you go out to the website. If you're looking for a job in aviation, uh, we're picking like the top 10 that we like and we're putting them out there. So uh, so make sure you see that. But again, thanks everybody for the emails. I appreciate it. Uh, we've been doing this for a while. Did not realize how long it was. Uh, but it's been been a heck of a ride. Been a lot of fun. Um, also, the other thing I, I want to shout out, and also our scholarship of the week. Uh, one of our friends won the scholarship of the week this week, and uh, his name is Derek Lagasse. And uh, for those people that are listening and have listened to IMC Radio, IMC Radio is hosted by Derek Lagasse. He's also been on the Stuck Mike Avcast. So a big shout out to Derek for winning the uh, the Acone or the the Lockhart Smith Junior Scholarship, and that scholarship's given to uh, somebody in New England 
full-time resident, and uh, the scholarship funds uh, for one year, and uh, it's, it's awarded to somebody uh, who actually applies and has uh, a financial need uh, to be able to move forward with uh, their education and aviation education. It's worth $2,500. And uh, it's actually Derek Lagasse who won that. So a shout out to him and also check out the scholarship of the week. It's going to be a link right here uh, on Aviation Careers Podcast, uh, episode 86. You do remember Derek, do you not, Eric? Did you? Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's I do. We um, we had a really great chat at uh, Sun and Fun, Sun and which Fun. I've, I've met Derek. At, well, I, I re-meet sure. Derek every year because we only see each other at Sun and Fun. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, we had a really great chat this this uh, this last year. I'm really cool. really happy for him. That's great. Cool. Anyway, I know this is a long introduction. But we had so much stuff to clear up. The other one other thing that we have left to talk about is I have a new veterans page. It's uh, aviationcruisepodcast.com slash vets. You know, I do help a lot of veterans uh, as they move out of uh, – their full-time jobs or out of being somebody who's in the reserves into a job with the civilian world. And uh, I, I'm a big proponent of veterans and uh, help support them as much as I can. What I've decided to do, finally put a page together with lots of resources that I thought everybody knew about. Uh, some of those resources are available to all veterans, but it's a new veterans page on our website, aviationcareerspodcast.com slash vets. On that website or on that page, It'll tell you different benefits. One of the most important things, and do it right now, if you are a veteran or you're the spouse, a dependent, or a survivor of a veteran, go out there and click on that. There's a federal benefits for veterans, dependents, and survivors. You'd be surprised how much is out there for you and how much money there is to move forward with your career or to more, move forward in any type of therapy, occupational, etc. Also, I have a, a link to some scholarships for military families. We're putting those into the guide. Uh, this is a website. It's kind of hard to navigate through, but we're going to start putting a lot of those military scholarships into our, our scholarships guide. So check that out. Uh, we really appreciate what you've done. If you're a veteran, thanks for your service. We do appreciate what you do, and uh, hopefully this will be a great resource for you. Well, moving forward we uh, with our discussion today, uh, the main topic of discussion, and then we'll get to some uh, listener mail. You know, it's talking about one thing I think that's really important, and we were discussing this uh, the other day at the, the airline I work for is, is your, your, your social media. And, uh, you know, companies have a social media policy, and they're very important. Uh, obviously, you know, I do a lot with social media, and we have a policy. I mean, I have to be really careful. I don't want to lose my day job flying an airplane. So I have to be careful what I do, what I say. As you notice, I never mention who I work for, that type of thing. Uh, but I also have to be careful what I post on my Facebook page and that I don't do it, say anything disparaging against the, my employer. So uh, I'm, I'm a good example of what you should do and be re- and, and what, what, <laughs> not what you shouldn't do because I've been able to, to stay employed for many years and still have a big presence in social media. But tonight's topic is social media policy in your career. You know, what, what is your social media policy for your career? That's the question. Uh, so one of the things that, that I'm a big proponent of is social media, if used properly, and, and what type of social media you should use. And for careers, I think the obvious ones are, are Facebook and LinkedIn. But again, they have to be used properly. Uh, there's other things like Twitter, etc. You can find out so much information. I'm not just talking about you posting. It's also getting information about jobs because a lot of these career services, a lot of these websites start posting out to social media. You know, I, I think one of a, a great success story is, you know, look, look at Eric Crump. His program has done really well with, with social media, has it not? 
It has. I mean, social media has uh, the potential to reach an audience that a you know a traditional you know paper mail uh, marketing campaign never could. TV and radio is too expensive, um, and it's not as dependable. Social media advertising can get in front of the people that you really want to see, and and actually can be a lot more pervasive than other marketing campaigns. And if you do it right, it will cost you very little or be completely free. Um, and uh, so from a from a marketing standpoint, it uh, we've had tremendous success from the social media standpoint, and not even really doing it for a, a marketing benefit, but just in terms of recognizing students and interfacing with our partners. And just by doing that, it just creates a ripple of other people who see it whether without even any effort. So this social media you're talking about is uh, Facebook and Twitter. Is there any other uh, social media sites that you would recommend for people like LinkedIn, et cetera? Well, yeah. Actually, I have to recommend LinkedIn. I actually um, met my new full-time faculty member on LinkedIn before he got hired with the program. So we had a chance. I had a chance to sort of learn a little bit about his background um, through the through and before the interview process even started. Um, because of the tremendous amount of information he had in his LinkedIn profile. And I actually asked him about that. I said, you know, you have probably one of the best LinkedIn accounts I've ever seen, way better than what I have now. Um, mm-hmm. you know, why is it that you did it? He said one of the classes that he took um, as part of his doctorate study was um, using social media in the hiring process. And it was um, a class about hiring techniques and interviewing techniques and how do you social media to your benefit – and I got to tell you, I mean, it really it played a role in my eventual one of you know part of my eventual decision to hire him um, because of the amount of information that I could access. Um, it just, I mean, obviously the class worked. And I think a lot of people are taking those classes. I, I hear from people exiting the military uh, how they're taking these social media classes, especially with LinkedIn. Everybody talks LinkedIn with careers, but uh, I would never discount Facebook and Twitter because there's so much information that you can find there. Um, and really, LinkedIn, you, you do have the ability to network, certainly in LinkedIn. That's one of its main functions. But I think from a company perspective, you almost have a, a better networking potential through Twitter because you're not only getting to the people who work for the company, you're also getting to their customers. You have a little, there's more, Twitter has the, the ability to let you interface with people in really short little snippets. You can learn a lot and people can learn a lot about you if you do it right. Um, and so I would definitely encourage people who are looking at networking, um, you know, follow the people at the company, follow the company, follow uh, the partners that are identified through tweets um, and and find a way to, I mean, don't be a nag, find a way to get into the conversation in a way that's meaningful and useful. Um, I've certainly seen that work. Uh, I think Twitter's really good at that. Obviously, um, LinkedIn is as well. I think the thing, and obviously we're going to get to this in a minute, we're talking about the positive use of social right, media. Right, yeah. there's, a lot, there's a lot you can do um, to really tear yourself down in social media too. And so the way you go about it, it does have to be calculated. Um, you know, in the, in the olden days, you know, back when Carl and I were interviewing and you had to write your resume on a stone tablet, um, <laughs> you know, really the, the type of paper that you used, the font that you used, the, the quality of the paper, those things mattered. You know, if you showed up at an interview with a, a resume printed out on copy paper in Times New Roman with the corners folded, that had some that had an impact in your callback potential. And so I tell social media is the new 
paper quality and and font choice. <laughs> it's not that not that the resume still doesn't have its role. It certainly does. But social media carries that. Uh, that's how you carry yourself personally, and, in and before the interview process gets going. And I, I love that analogy because I, I don't know if you remember this, but when you used to send your resume to a printer and get them printed. Oh yeah, yeah, and, oh, then, yeah. and, then and, you, and you had a, the you had the envelopes custom mm-hmm. printed with the script stuff on the back with all your contact information on it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like those are really cool. But uh, nowadays you don't really have that as much. You should bring in, you should bring a copy of your resume, but a lot of it's just printed on good paper at home or send it to a Kinkos or a UPS store, a FedEx store, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, right now we're just uh, you know trying to select the types of social media. We talked about Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Tom. Is there is there any other ones that that you look at as far as social media that could help somebody with their career? There aren't. You know, I think about the apps on my phone, and those are the three apps uh, that I swipe over to on page two that I really only care about. That doesn't mean the others are good or not good, but but those are the three main uh, points of contact through social media. I think you guys hit those and. You know, I, I think, um, you know, I think you're going to get into this a little bit later or, or maybe segue, but, you know, what do you type? How often do you write? And those types of questions, I think, become more important maybe than the platform that you're using, whether it's Twitter, LinkedIn, or Facebook, because uh, they're going to have an effect on people. And would it be positive? Would it be negative? I think that's platform independent and more content uh, important. I think that's important, your point about the content. We're definitely going to get to that in a second. Uh, I am going to bring up one other thing uh, as far as social media, Instagram and Pinterest. Instagram and Pinterest uh, in many, some other careers are really good for you. And we are talking all aviation careers, uh, photography, et cetera, if you want to look at certain things that are that show your creative side. I've even seen, I've actually gotten in touch with people through Pinterest, you know, Pinterest, and because uh, I like to share pictures of lighthouses, but I also like to share pictures of old aviation photos. Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a stretch, uh, of course, it, but you never know. Uh, what type of media. And again, the context is important uh, and the content of what you type is important and and what you say. It's like, hey, you know, um, I'm a pilot and I'm a flight instructor and then all of a sudden the conversation goes from there. So any of the other things that are out there, you you can't discount. Here's a question for you guys. If I I interrupt for just a minute, uh, would either of you consider message boards a form of social media? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely. Do. Yeah, yeah, and and, and definitely, uh, we need to talk about that as far as as uh, they can get you in a lot of trouble too, and and we right. have a lot of a lot of really good examples of that. Uh, how how sometimes you feel you're posting anonymously and it it isn't anonymous, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Uh, you're talking more like uh, like a, a, a bulletin board that type of thing. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, on a specific topic, maybe it's you know, maybe it's an aviation career, maybe it's uh, maybe even niche down. Like uh, you know, I I don't know, but I'm certain well, there are probably message boards out there for specific airlines, and they're you know guys trying to get hired or whatever. You know, and and there are a lot of those, and and now I mean this this is a great segue into into certain things that can prevent uh, you from moving forward in your career, and it are some truly career limiting moves, and being on some of these boards posting very negative comments about a certain airline or a certain company you want to work for and fly for or be a mechanic for is 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 not such a great idea even if you do it anonymously uh, I have this is many years ago I was helping counsel somebody who was on furlough uh, with an airline and he sent an anonymous message to the CEO of the company who was on these boards amazingly enough 
and said that he felt he got paid too much money, and this is why. And he gave all these different things. And realized that it was his, he somehow put his email address at the bottom, and Ooh. the CEO actually emailed him back. Well, it, it, this can't, it's not totally linked. I mean, there's no way they can prove this, but when he went to upgrade to captain with the airline, he actually didn't make it through training. And the guy was a really good pilot, but it came down to something very subjective. Uh, but, you know, this is where you never know who's watching, and you got to be really, really careful. Uh, so they can't prove that this is why he didn't make it through, but, uh, you know, he had to sit and wait another six months before he could upgrade to captain at that airline. Uh, so these are things that you, you should be careful of. So so let's let's talk, let, now that we've, we've opened that can of, of worms, and we don't, of course, like to go too negative on this, but we really need to discuss this. Because you truly, it's like whenever you post on on Facebook or on Twitter or LinkedIn, uh, you sometimes feel like you're in an enclosed room talking to your friend, but you're not. You're in, you're out there in the world naked, and you're posting everything you say in front of everybody else, and it's it's going to be out there. So so let's talk about some of those things. You know, some of those things that are that we shouldn't do. On social media, and Tom, I think you you were trying to bring up an example of certain things that you shouldn't do. Well, I think a good a good way to look at anything you put on any of these is uh, this isn't anything new, but the headline test. You know, if you were going to put this out there, and then it was going to be on the front page of the Wall Street Journal or USA Today, how would you feel? You know, you put out, uh, uh, you know, like you gave an example a minute ago about the airline. Oh, just had a terrible experience on on uh, ABC airline. And that goes all across the different feeds. Well, now imagine that on the front page of a newspaper and you show up to the interview and they pull out the front page of that newspaper and they go, so what's up with this? You know, that, I think that headline test is a good way to prevent putting something out there that you might regret later. I like that. I like the headline test. That's, that's, a, that's a pretty good analogy. And also, uh, one of the things that I, I always like to tell people is that uh, take whatever you're saying and and pretend like you're going to show that to your parent, maybe not so much your parent, or the person that you're going to interview with. I think, uh, actually, Eric, I think you put it really well before when we were talking about this. Yeah, it was very similar to what Tom said, I, and I tell my students this all the time. Um, if If you wouldn't call me on the phone and tell me this, don't put it on Facebook. If you wouldn't call your boss on the phone and say, hey, I'm here doing this, you shouldn't put it on social media, um, and that's you know. And the parent test is uh, the parent test is probably more valid for for my students than than the boss test. But but and I tell them that you know. And I I've told Carl this before, and I know Carl obviously working with our students uh, is you know Facebook friends with several of our students. Mm-hmm. I don't I'm not going to send friend requests to my students, but when they send me friend requests, I'll accept it. But just be aware that you just invited me into your life. So, <laughs> and I tell them that. I'm like, you, you can do that if that's what you want to do. But be aware that, that I will recon your Facebook page, just right. like your boss will, just like your corporate uh, social responsibility or social media team at the company you work for. They are going to monitor your social media. And I think, I think most people, um, probably the generation one or two after me, Look at social media as such a normal thing. It's been part of their life since they were children. Like I remember when you actually used to have to pick up a phone to tell somebody something, <laughs> um, and you, you had to actually you know put your finger in the little hole and drag the wheel around and wait for it to click back. People don't even know what rotary phones are, um, but uh, you know this was this was 
a long time ago. I, I, I remember that kind of thing. And so when social media came around, for me, I was always aware of, hey, when I put this on the internet, I'm inviting somebody into my life. But I think one in two generations after me who've never experienced a world without social media, that's normal to them. And so they, they do share that kind of stuff with their friends. But just remember, anything you've ever put on social media, somebody you're interviewing with can go back and find. That stuff is still there. Um, well, you know, I was really wild and crazy in my college days, but I'm fine now. Well, that's great, but your boss can still see everything you did in your college days because it's still on the Internet. Um, and uh, anyway, I, it's, it's, I, I run into this a lot with students who post things on Facebook that they shouldn't, you know, and, um, you know, and that, that can sometimes turn into bad things. And I, I think even more so when you're looking at the career side of aviation, um, everybody now loves having that, you know, the GoPro in the camera or in the cockpit with them mm. and they want to record their flights and they want to post it on YouTube. Post That's fine. If you're interviewing for a pilot job and I mean, rule number one, Google yourself. Okay. Just on, on a regular basis, just like my dad used to tell me every six months, you need to check your credit score. You need to Google yourself on a regular basis. And you need to find out what you show up in because that's the first thing the hiring manager is going to do for you. The first thing they're going to do is Google you. And if the first five things are you being an idiot, you know, it's highly unlikely <laughs> that that person is going to want to take a risk on you. But if you have videos in your YouTube account of you, you know, barrel rolling a Cessna 172, highly unlikely you're going to get that flying job. So, you know, what you put on social media can be seen by anybody at any time. So for, I guess, my you know, encouragement in that, in that area would be make sure that you know what your social media footprint is. And even if you're not posting stuff, know what your friends or people you know are posting about you. Um, and I know that sounds crazy, but I can guarantee you having seen it done, hiring managers are going to get on Facebook. They are going to get on Twitter. And especially if you put that information in your resume, which many people are doing now, you have now invited them to come look at everything you've ever done. So just make sure that what they're going to see is stuff that's going to make them think this person is a right fit for my company. I like that social media footprint you talked about because that footprint can last for a long, long time. I know when I'm looking at somebody and I'm going to about to do a coaching class with them, I do exactly what you say. I Google their name. Usually I'll get a LinkedIn account, a Facebook page. And uh, one of the things, and this is something you have to be careful of, is when you approach somebody about their Facebook page, I've come to find out that's a very personal thing. Uh, you have to be very careful, and I, I encourage people to to raise a flag and say, "Hey, buddy, all right, you know, you really need to change that picture or get rid of that picture off your Facebook page." But be very careful how you go about saying that because they don't see it. Sometimes uh, they may be reacting to their emotions when they post something, and sometimes you can offend people by telling them, you know, maybe we should not say these type of things, especially maybe politically. Uh, certain things that, that could be construed in a different manner. There's some really interesting things you could say politically that are 180 degrees from the policy of the organization that you want to actually join. Uh, so those are the type of things you really need 
to look out for. And and that's going to last out there forever. I mean, I, a good example, I, I saw someone post a picture on Facebook, and it was a pretty interesting picture, so I decided to share that picture. Uh, turns out that picture was, was something uh, that person was involved with and uh, shouldn't have been involved with and shouldn't have been posting <laughs> on their Facebook page. I quickly took it down from mine, but you know what? That picture lasted forever. On, on Facebook and not out there in the world of, of social media and the internet because they do they, they stay out there so be very very careful what you put out there uh, as far as pictures etc uh, YouTube is another great example uh, if you're doing something and you put it on YouTube and it's illegal uh, or it, you know and it may not look illegal at first you know hey I'm taking this picture of my GoPro uh, I'm a 737 first officer um, you really need to think about that um, and maybe, you know, define who took that picture. Because if it's a jump seater, yeah, you're okay, probably. Uh, but if it's, if it's yourself taking the picture, did you get the approval of the airline to take those pictures uh, during that event? Because that can happen. It just has to be prearranged. It's usually not the person flying. It's somebody else in the media department. So we have to be really careful of that. Um, I don't know if you, Tom, if you've ever had any exam. I'm sure you probably have seen an example of somebody putting out something out in social media. Oh sure, <laughs> uh, just today. <laughs> oh really? Well, you know, you you stum- I mean, all of us stumble across things every day, and you kind of you, you take a second look and go, "Ooh, I, you know, I don't know about that. Glad I'm not involved with that." But you know, I I think at the end of the day, this how to prevent uh, career limiting move with this is it's a self awareness thing, you know, and 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 I kind of there's been times where I'm like, "Ooh, that would be really neat to share," but if there's any inkling of doubt, I leave it out. Right. And, and, and that's worked really well. And you know what else I found to work really well to, to kind of prevent you know, doing something real dumb on social media is um, I go and I'll, and I'll type something out or, or whatever it might be. And I'll, go, and I'll do that, you know, any doubt test. And often having just written it out almost gives the same, I guess, uh, what's the right word, satisfaction as posting it. And right. instead of hitting post, I just hit delete. You know, so uh, you know, I think using those strategies could definitely uh, help keep you out of trouble. That's a great, great idea, Tom. And that's like when my dad used to say, you know, write a write it on a piece of paper if you want to write a nasty letter to somebody, right, and then right. read it and then burn it. Yeah, <laughs> so that's a great idea. Just make sure you don't hit send when you're writing this down. Yes, but, yeah. you got to be very in the moment. <laughs> yeah, I actually write those in Word just so that there's no possible way that I can hit the send button because I I, I did that once. I thought I was clicking delete and I, I just, my mind was on I really want to send this. I wanted to click delete, but my brain overpowered my finger and made me click send. <laughs> and um, and that was really humiliating. I had a lot of crow over that. So now I write my I might I, I write my hate grams in Word. Hate and then, grams. Hate grams. And then then I then I sort of clean it up a little bit. I copy paste it into the email client and then I send it. <laughs> you know, when you're sending messages to your friends and all, uh, they usually seem as if they're I don't know they're they're pretty innocent usually. Um, one thing though is I think you touched on it or actually uh, Eric I think you touched on it where somebody can put something on your Facebook page that may actually put you know show you in a very negative light and uh, I think we have to be careful of that too don't we as you know for instance if someone says hey I saw you the other day at the bar at two in the morning and you were flying at eight in the morning what's up with that you know so yeah you have to be careful even if it's not true 
uh, you have to be careful of who you become friends with. You know, choose your friends very carefully. Uh, because again, they're gonna, they're gonna. Some I do this. I look at somebody's friends and see what they're into, but also see what they're posting on your page. And I've actually blocked people uh, from posting certain things on my or, or at all. Uh, and I've had to unfriend people because of that. Uh, I, I friend almost everybody, but once they start posting some certain things, I, I won't allow that. Um, and I think that's really important to do also is to to choose your friends carefully and also choose who can post on your page very carefully. And, uh, and also, as far as your photos, a lot of people think that they're private, but they're not. Uh, they're out there for the world to see. Uh, so, you know, make sure that you, if you're the person sitting there with, the, you know, the hat on and the, the two beers sitting on the side of your, your helmet with the, the tubes going in your mouth and uh, at the party, that's going to be seen by, by the person that's, that's doing the hiring. So very, very important. Yeah, social media, it's, it's so much like real life, but we, we have this uh, dividing line, which is the computer screen or the phone screen. But, you know, like you were saying, Carl, you, you choose your friends wisely. Yes, you know, and 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 you, uh, you know, you you kind of distance yourself from maybe those that don't necessarily align with you and your values and those things. Those are all things that you, if you do those in real life, you are successful. It doesn't matter if it's aviation or anything else. It's the same on social media. If you do those same things and those those same types of behaviors and tenets and and uh, uh, ways of going about communicating, you'll be good on social media as well. Oh, I think so. You know, I, I actually have a struggle with this because I like everybody. I'm just like, I want to be friends with everybody, but it's not, not such a good idea, you right. know, to, to be friends with everybody. But, you know, we talked a lot about some negative things. Of course, we want to leave off with some positives. Um, I think we've covered all the negatives, uh, I'm pretty sure. Um, but I would like to move on to how you can use social media to your advantage. Uh, one of the things, uh, and I'll just I'll start off with the one thing that I think is the biggie in my book is if you are into aviation and aerospace or you're into, say you want to be a jet engine mechanic and you post pictures of jet engines and you post videos of how jet engines work and how like bleed systems work and ignition systems on your Facebook page, you know what that tells me as an employer? And I, I review people's pages all the time for them. You are passionate about what you want to do, and you are passionate about aviation and aerospace, and that's really important to me. So there's a very positive in my light as how this person, and they may not even think about them doing this. They just do it naturally. Uh, but that can be a positive. Any other positives can we come up with, uh, Eric or Tom, as far Go as ahead, social Tom. media? Take it. Tom, any? sorry, <laughs> sorry, so, yeah, sorry, I was offline for just That's a minute right. there. Uh, saying goodnight to the kids. Oh, tell them goodnight. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anything, anything positive you can think of with social media? You know, yeah, I, I think the value test, right? So if you are going to post something, you know, is it going to be something that's useful for somebody else? You know, uh, Eric, I think you had talked about the success that you had at Polk State when you were advertising your open house. Well, here, here, here I am. I want a career in aviation. I have no idea how to get it. And I see this post for, hey, here's how to get a career in aviation. That's very valuable to me. It's useful. And so by you posting valuable and useful information, now I get involved. And, and so I think the, the positive way to do it is to put things out there that are going to help other people. I like that. I like that. They, uh, uh, how about you, uh, Eric? Anything that you can think of as far as positives, as far as usage of, of social media maybe we haven't uh, touched on? I guess I would just emphasize the fact social media, the whole point is it's supposed to be a conversation. So yeah, don't, be, don't be the only one talking. Be involved. Be interactive. Find 
find companies or uh, training providers or what, whatever it is that you're interested in, um, join a conversation. Um, and we talked about this. Message boards can be a, a great way to do that. You have to be careful which ones you pick and, and you know how you get involved in those conversations. The same could be said about the friends you hang out with too. So, I mean, that's, that's no different than, than normal you know, life caution that you need to have. You know, use good common sense. Just remember, you think you're behind this shroud of anonymity with social media. You're not. You're really not. Um, and uh, just be be part of the conversation and be a positive part of that conversation. And um, just from experience that I've had, either hiring people or being hired even, it, it, does, it does make a difference. If you are intelligent about what that company is doing and what their, what their outreach efforts are, it, um, it makes you a more qualified candidate. And so I guess you need to sell yourself. There is a, a, a point there where you need to make yourself look good, but don't be the only person talking. Network and be part of a conversation. That's the most effective way to use social media, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and, and you know what? Exactly, I think, Eric, what you might be trying to say is it's not all about you all the time, right? Not, not you, Eric, but you as in whoever's posting, right? You're <laughs> posting things exactly. about, not about, but to, to serve other people. Yep. Gosh, Tom, I, I think that's that's perfectly said. And I personally, what I do on social media, one of my favorite things to do at Facebook is I love sharing pictures of where I am uh, so other of my friends on Facebook can share with me and they'll be able to see those things that maybe they would never be able to see otherwise. Uh, you know, so like I was in Santa Fe the other day in New Mexico. I've never been there. And I wanted to, the world to see it. And I could share that with friends. So, you know, I'm not thinking of, of myself. I, wanna, I want other people to see those pictures. Another reason I, I don't do selfies usually is I don't, uh, I don't like being, myself being in the picture. It's more about, I know everybody's into selfies. And that, there's nothing wrong with it. That, that's fine. I'm just saying that I just like to share the rest of the world. And, it, and, and if you can think of it that way, I think that social media can be much, much more positive light upon the world uh, by using social media in that manner. We really can share some important experiences. And, and, you, and it becomes a much more leverageable tool to accelerate your career. Yes, yes. And that's what we're trying to do with social media. Uh, so what the, the, the point here, and before we move on to our, our questions, is that you, know, you need to come up with your own social media policy for your career. And you probably thought that what we were going to do today was list A, B, C, D, and E, and you need to do this, this, and this. Notice we had this conversation. There were cer certain points that we made and some of the things that we suggest, like Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, that type of thing. What things you shouldn't put out there on, on Facebook. I'm a big believer in, yeah, we have these 10 things, but be careful uh, what you put on social media. Also, use it to your, to your advantage. Uh, and it's, it's actually, you know, I love the term, you know, about, uh, I forget when it was, years ago, you know, what, what is quote-unquote pornography or, or what if you put out something that, that looks bad? How do you know it's wrong? Well, you know, you, you, look, you know it's wrong by looking at it, right? So if you, if you look at that thing, you know what's wrong when you see it. If you see that post and you write it down, you know that that's not the right thing you want to put out there. You know, you you shouldn't put it out there. If there's any question, just don't post it. But but post those things that are very positive. You know, post those things that are going to help you in your career because that's what we're talking about right now. But it's also going to expand your life and, and and make things better. Try to be very positive in what you say as as much as possible because most people want to be around a positive person, not someone who's negative all the time, and uh, and then move forward. So I think I think you've, you know there's there's all these ways we can use social media to our advantage. We also can make a big mistake in social media. So just be careful what you do out there. 
Uh, use me as an example. I mean, I've been doing this for many years. I still haven't gotten fired. As a matter of fact, the the company that I work for now, their their head of public relations came to me and said, "Hey, you know, we're watching what you do out there, and we think it's great. You know, maybe you could help us out." So you never know. I mean, there's a door that opened that I never thought would open. Uh, so that's you, you know, the, the, it can work out in a very positive manner. So, guys, can we move on to the next topic? Or, Let's do it. Uh, yeah. Can I throw one thing in there? Go I don't it. mean to put the brakes on the train, but there was one thing I forgot to mention <laughs> oh, earlier. Yeah, please. And I think this is kind of important because I have had these conversations with up-and-coming students who who think I'm crazy when I talk about social media being a career tool. And we've talked about it as though it was just a given uh, uh, course. That's just the way it is. And I know there are probably people listening who are maybe on the fence thinking, well, is it? Is it really? Is it going to make a difference? And, and the one thing I forgot to mention is that the only reason that you're hearing my voice right now is because Carl and I met through social media. That's true. Um, and so you know, my, my ability to get to know Carl, to become good friends with Carl outside of the podcasting world, uh, getting to know Carl through um, what he does professionally, what he does with the podcast, what he does through Sun and Fun Radio, and then now being the coach of a flight team and a college program that when we met, I didn't even work for. So on uh, all of that, all of that networking, all of those connections that have been made have been were specifically because of social media. If it hadn't been for that, Carl and I would have never met each other. That's amazing. So I, I don't don't discount social media. It really does work. I, Carl and I um, talking right now is, is proof positive of that. Networking in your shorts. I mean, you're sitting there in your shorts and you're networking. You don't have to get in a tie and go out networking at all these Wait, events. Was I, was I supposed to put on shorts? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Other things about social media, you know, that you shouldn't do. You, you know? are welcome. <laughs> <laughs> TMI, TMI. <laughs> and now we can move on. Now we can move on. And, and this is the second time this has happened to me. Uh, people not wearing anything while they're on here on the show. And, and this is just, just very uncomfortable at this moment. So let this be a lesson to you as far as social media is concerned, what not to do. And be careful what you ask your guests if you're going to be interviewing people, etc. <laughs> I'm wearing shorts. I, yeah, I know. I'm sure you are. I'm glad to. I just have the, to reassure the listeners. I don't sit around naked. <laughs> I mean, I'm weird. I'm not that weird. You no extra weird. charge for the humor. Yeah, no. <laughs> nope, that's free. <laughs> Well, guys, you know what? Um, we have all these listener mail, and uh, someone's going to have to raise the flag and say, hey, let's let's uh, say done when we're done. Uh, but I want to try to get through as much as I can. And we're going to do this a little bit differently this evening. I, I know I'm always the one that's talking and answering these questions. So I'm gonna what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the question, and we're going to go on a roundtable here. We're going to start with me, and then we're going to go to Tom for the second question, and then Eric is going to answer the third, and then we're all going to chime in. So uh, for the first question, uh, I'm going to go ahead and read the question. I'll answer it and then let the other two uh, respond to it. The second question will be Tom. So our first question uh, is the subject is pilot side jobs and uh, says, hello, I'm wondering if you have any suggestions for side jobs and or supplemental income for pilots. I work for a company flying King Airs mainly on government contracts and on many of my projects I have a lot of free time. My problem is that my side job can't be restricted to one location. I'm not into computer science or web design, but would be open to any good options. Thanks in advance for your advice. Well, there, there's lots of things that you can do as far as side jobs uh, out there, uh, and you have to be creative because it depends on where – it sounds like you're all over the place. Uh, online, you don't have to be a computer programmer. Some people sell things online, eBay, etc. Well, why not focus on things that are aviation-related? Sometimes you can get involved with websites um, – 
If you're an instructor, uh, websites that will actually pay you to do some instructing online, that type of thing. Get involved in an online teaching program. I have a friend that actually instructs at one of the larger universities and does uh, aviation uh, and, and actually is a professor at a certain school. So that that's really important to get involved in it there too. But there's, you got, there's something that you can do. I actually, to supplement my income, uh, I've done. I've actually gotten into real estate. People say you can't do that on the road, but uh, I have a lot of help. So that that's uh, a couple of things that we can do. Any any other suggestions as far as what people can do on the road to make some extra money as a pilot, Tom? Well, I don't know if uh, many people or even you know this, Carl, but for ten years uh, while I was a pilot, I sold life insurance, simple term life insurance that I could do anywhere by phone and with an internet connection. So uh, that worked out real well and was able to provide. Some uh, some supplement of money. Learn a whole bunch about finance in the meantime. Uh, so so that was a flexible, well-paying side gig. And that's something uh, that would need a provide. You have to have a license to do that, right? You do have to have a license in each state, but uh, it's it's not like getting a pilot license. It's it's much simpler. <laughs> right, right. And uh, you know, so yeah, there's a little bit of investment in time and 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 money to get the licenses. But uh, you know, if you like money and you like helping people, it, I, I which I did, I still do. Uh, uh, I just recently hung up the licenses um, the beginning of the year here, but uh, uh, it, you know if, it's it's got to be something. I think no matter what you do, and I know that it's important here in this question that the job is portable. But I think equally, if not more important, is that it's something that uh, you, you I don't want to say you're passionate about uh, because there's a, maybe a side discussion we could have on that, but that you get fired up about it, lights you up. In other words, if you're in a hotel and you got a down day. And you go, I'm going to do my side job today. You're excited to get out of bed and go do it. It's not something that you dread. A good example is of somebody I met that does uh, real estate and is into aviation real estate and has a partner that's full-time and is on the road doing the sales. But when they have to see it, the partner shows up at the actual site and shows the, yeah. the property. So that's a good example. Eric, any, any examples? Well, I knew that Tom and I had this soul reaching connection um and i actually sold insurance when i was in college uh life insurance um no kidding and said yeah it's, it's odd it's a small world oh, <laughs> yeah but uh, anyway um so yeah so i i actually was in this person's exact boat flying king airs and doing some flight instruction um but i i loved i love training i love the concept of curriculum and how it all fits together which is probably why i have the job i have now um, but uh, but that's I, I worked as a contractor building training curriculum because you don't have to be located anywhere to do that. Um, it was great for uh, you know day trips or even overnights uh, to to work on that. And I was paid as a contractor. I could work as much as I wanted. Um, if I was um, doing more trips, I could work less. If I was doing less trips, I could work more. So on and so forth. So um, it was extremely flexible. Great uh, great way to to keep my feet in something that I really enjoyed doing when I wasn't doing what I really loved doing, which was flying. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, there's there's certainly ideas there, but like Carl said, you do have to be a little bit creative because you're moving around. So, you know, your typical side job where, well, I'm going to mow grass on the weekends or whatever, well, that's not going to work because um, you're going to be in a hotel somewhere or stuck at an airport. So, you need to find something that is the portable kind of job. Um, and I, I know this sounds crazy, but I, I flew with a guy one time who was who was a medical transcriptionist. And um, he would he would get out of the airplane. He'd go in. He'd find a closet at the FBO. He would go in. He'd plug everything up, and he would do medical transcription. Um, and I had no idea how well that paid. 
Um, oh yeah, <laughs> I had no idea how much money uh, was in that, but and that's what he—that was his side job, and he used every bit of that. That was his college savings account for his kids, and wow. um, and it was yeah, it's just there's plenty of options. It, it involves a little bit of creativity, but uh, but I agree. You know, find if you can find something to do that's like your second passion, or if you can find something to do aviation related. Hey, what what better to do? You have two aviation jobs. You know, it, it's interesting because I uh, flew with a person who did medical transcriptions on the road, and it really is lucrative. Uh, another thing you can do, and a lot of people have a hobby of playing an uh, instrument, uh, something like a guitar or playing piano. I know one guy, he takes his guitar with him, and he also plays a piano, and sometimes he'll go up to the bar and say, hey, do you mind if I start playing? He'll start playing, and people will start giving him tips. And uh, he just plays for tips at night. He'll go to the, the, the lobby at the hotel he's staying at, and start playing the piano in the lobby if they have one, and just sit there and play all night and uh, make some extra money doing something he has fun with. So uh, you got to be creative, and that person was. So thanks for that question. There's, um, I'm sure there's a lot more creative ideas, and if you have them, please send us uh, feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com, and you can also do, click on the uh, contact page. Um, let's see, on the next question, it comes in, and I'm going to ask Tom to answer this one. Uh, it's, uh, it says, Dear Carl, after months of listening to your podcast, I, like, uh, I, think, excuse me, I think it is time for me to write in with a question of my own. I'm a 250-hour pilot currently working on my commercial license and hope to have a career flying for the airlines or corporate flying. Recently, I started a full-time job as a line tech for an FBO at a busy airport in Southern California. This job has improved my networking prospects dramatically. Every day I see all sorts of pilots coming and going on our way to the ramp. The majority of them are charter jet pilots, and sometimes if they are waiting for passengers or buttoning up the airplane, I'll walk over and try to start a conversation. I usually ask them, where are you flying today? How does the weather look along the way? Or how do you like flying the Citation 5? Well, uh, I want to see if you might have any other good ideas for conversation starters with pilots. I figure the more pilots I talk to, the better my chances are of finding a job down the road, but I don't always know what to say. What do pilots like to chat about? Um, <laughs> we love to talk about ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Just you compliment that with my hair and you get a free flight, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> but you know what? I think equally, I think we all love to talk about uh, – well, let me rephrase that. We all love to give advice. And uh, you know, all of us are here because somebody gave us some great advice along the way. And so go up and ask for advice. Hey, you know, I – just got this job. I'm learning about all these planes. You know, it looks like a great job. I'm hoping to do that one day. Hey, if I wanted to do what you're doing, you know, what do you think? I, what are maybe the top three things I should focus on? You know, ask for advice, and you'll get um, lots of it. Ask for advice. That's a that's a good one. I like that. That's uh, very that's very important. It's good. Uh, Eric, I've never met a pilot that didn't want to give advice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe not a tip, but advice. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Um, <laughs> my, my, that's a big airplane you have. You know that you can start. Yeah, with that. exactly. <laughs> something, something along those lines. Um, no, I think first of all, remember that pilots, when they, especially once they get out of the airplane, they've been cooped up in a little small space with one other person for an extended period of time, most likely, right? And so the only people they've really had to talk to are the person sitting next to them in air traffic control. They probably want to talk to you, um, and. I've actually had this conversation with several of my students who will see, you know, corporate jet pilots come in and they're they're nervous to talk to them. I'm like, these people would love to talk to you. <laughs> they would love to talk to you. I mean, 
pilots by general uh, general nature, I mean, what, 90, 95% of us are incredibly social people. I mean, eventually you'll find somebody who won't make eye contact with you. But generally speaking, we're an incredibly social group of people. Um, and, you know, sitting around in the FBO and swapping stories, um, you know, is great. One of one of my favorite questions that I ever got as a pilot was, how did you get started? Mm. Um, because how did you get started is a three-hour conversation to a pilot. Um, and, and, uh, anyway, it, it includes, it includes advice. Um, but seriously, it, that, that question, um, I, I enjoyed answering that question because I think a lot of people thought, well, you know, your dad must've been in the oil business and you had a trust fund and no, no, I was 13 and I washed cars and cut grass and, you know, I, I, I worked line. I pumped a lot of gas in my lifetime. Um, and so and I think, the people I would talk to, they, their eyes would open. Like, you used to do this? Like, yeah, I used to do that. A lot of us did. Um, and so, you know, I, I respect the person who works line at the FBO or, or who's sitting around. To, hey, how did you get started? What, what, what was the point to get started? And the thing that made me think about that when that question came up, that, that, that the Carl quote played over my head, do that one thing today that moves your career forward. And um, – and that, that to me was, was the best question, I think, for that. What did you do? How did you start? Where, what, was, what was step A? And everybody's step A will be a little bit different, but I've never met a pilot that didn't want to answer that question. Interesting. Yeah, it's right. I mean, that, that's awesome. I, you know, it's, it's funny. It really is that simple. And uh, just be prepared, though, if you do ask a pilot that question, because you could be there for an hour. <laughs> or, or more, right? <laughs> Be prepared no, it, it to it get actually, the answer. That actually brings up a point, Carl. You know, I, I'm thinking of this gentleman here who's he's working line ops, and he may get called away. So, you know, maybe he's got this great piece of advice or this great story coming in that could really help him in his career. But, hey, another airplane shows up. He's got to go marshal in. Ask for a card. Say, hey, can I get your card? You know, I'd like to hear more about that. Next time you're here or maybe... You know, can I send you an email or, you know, get their data, their information so that you can reach back out to them. Right, right. Yep. Great. Uh, let's see. Moving on, and thanks again for that question, and uh, that was awesome. Uh, moving on to the next one. Actually, I'm going to take this one, That's uh, and then the next one will be uh, Eric's. But uh, it's just a comment, uh, and uh, it says here, Carl, came across your show through the Airline Pilot Guy and been listening ever since. I'm in my early 30s and working on my career change. You have been my inspiration. Thanks. Because of your influence in my life, I'm making it one of my life goals to be an inspiration to others as well. I think that's really important to pay it forward. So I really appreciate your doing that, and I think we should all pay it forward. Very, very important. Also, one other thing. Uh, you did bring up Airline Pilot Guy, so I just want to uh, shout out to, to Captain Jeff of Airline Pilot Guy, wonderful show that he has, an incredible podcast. He's actually been on this show. I'll have a link to the, the one that he was on, or you can just do a search and say Airline Pilot Guy. Uh, he's got that airline pilot voice. He he's, uh, he's uh, just loves his job, you can tell. Uh, he formerly was uh, under another name, but uh, you can find him under Airline Pilot Guy, and he has a cool, cool website. Uh, also, uh, condolences go out to him because of the fact uh, uh, I just found out today that his, his mom passed away. 
and uh, I really feel for him because my mom passed away this year also. So our condolences to the Airline Pilot Guide. Please go out there to his website and and, uh, and support AirlinePilotGuy.com. I'd appreciate that. Anyway, thanks for that uh, that email. Moving on to the next one. This one's gonna uh, is a great one for Eric to actually answer. So let's get started with the next question. It says, "Hey Carl, I've just recently discovered your podcast and I'm really enjoying listening. Thanks for taking the time to share your experience with all of us flight babies out here. My question relates to career transition and priorities surrounding that. I'm 38 years old and have four years left in my current career as a firefighter paramedic. When I retire from this career, I want uh, I would get a moderate pension, almost enough to live on. Before starting with the fire service, I got a bachelor's degree in fire protection and safety engineering technology, and in 2009, got my private pilot certificate. What a joy! I absolutely love flying and managed to get up every few weeks to play around in the sky. I love how he says that, play around in the sky. He continues, I am slowly building some time in preparation for my next career in aviation. So far, I have about 130 hours. My question is threefold. First, I know a bachelor's degree is important for a flying career, but will my degree in a non-aviation-related area be sufficient? I could spend some time and a lot of money in the next four years to get a second degree in aviation. Several of my credits would transfer over, but I'm not sure if this is worth the money to do so. Second, I sometimes have a lot of downtime and at work between emergency calls and could work on an online degree. Are online degrees held in the same regard as on-campus degrees in aviation? And third, I hope to get through a few more ratings in the next few uh, four years, specifically instrument commercial and certified flight instructor, with the hopes that I would be able to at least start out with instructing and see where it leads. Are there any other things you would recommend I add to my hit list for the next four years. Thanks for your time, and I look forward to your thoughts and to all the future episodes of Aviation Careers Podcast. I'm dying to answer this, but I said I'd let Eric answer it. So, Eric, take it away on the first uh, couple of questions here. First, uh, does he is his non-aviation-related uh, bachelor's degree sufficient? Well, I love that I get the three-part question. <laughs> um, putting me to work. I know. Um, was this, is a, this is a great question, it um, and it's one that I obviously get a lot. Um, you know, either I have a degree in something or I'd like to maybe consider adding an aviation-specific bachelor's degree. Is that something I need? Is it something you need? No. You can if, – if you have a degree, you can get a job flying professionally in aviation. Okay, so at the bottom line, you do not need an aviation-specific degree to work in aviation. Um, will it help? Sure. Um, if you want to go fly big complex airplanes, a bachelor's degree in aviation uh, where you're learning transport category aircraft systems information, crew resource management uh, material, uh, threat and air management, that, that upper level part 121, 135 uh, operational stuff, regulations, procedures, systems, all that, all that stuff. Yes, that's absolutely going to help you out, obviously, because if the first time you're hearing that is when you get to NDOC or new hire training or whatever, then it's going to be all new information. You're going to have to study three times as hard. If you've done that as part of a collegiate preparatory program, it's going to make it a lot easier when you're hearing it because you'll hear it for the second or third time. So it would help you. It's not necessary. It's not absolutely essential. So um, having downtime, what about online degrees? Um, online degrees 
our, I guess, like our conversation with social media. Online degrees are the are the new version of a degree. Um, so many people are doing these now. I remember when online degrees first became a thing. Everybody was just you know turned their nose up and said this is not even a, a thing that that we want to look at. Universities all over the country, my college included have fully online degrees where you don't ever have to even come to the campus. You don't even have to come for advising or financial aid. Everything is done online. It, it, is, it is the wave of the, of the now, not even the future. That's what people are doing right now. Um, there are aviation colleges who only do online degrees. You never physically go to that campus to get that online degree. Um, we're in the process of converting our administration, our aerospace administration concentration of our bachelor's degree to an online option. Um, because there's so many people who need to do that who are working eight to five in a job who just can't come to a daytime college class and who don't want to come at night from six to nine because they'd rather be at home with their kids. And I understand that because I'd rather be at home with my kids too. Um, and so I, from my personal perspective, um, I can tell you from the employers I've talked to, they don't distinguish at all between online or on-campus degrees. Um, when they're looking, they're looking to see what the credential is. They'll ask you some questions about the classes you took and whether it was online or on campus. I've never heard anybody mention that that's even a deciding factor. Um, and then, if I could recommend any other things to add to your hit list for the next four years, well, obviously you got to get the ratings. I mean, that's the the bottom line. You, if you want to be able to to work in aviation, you got to do that. Um, you know, not knowing where you live or what kind of um, aviation jobs may exist around you. Maybe look at joining some local organizations if you're, um, you know, you're if you live in an urban area where um, you've got, uh, you know, an airport authority or something. There's probably some type of pilot organization in that area, um, even in a rural area. That could be a, a flying club, uh, whatever. Start getting in and networking with those people because they're going to be your future clients. Um, or the people that you want to work with in the future. So I would look at local organizations maybe that you could join that you could start networking, getting to know some people. And so there are my three answers. You know, Eric, to add, uh, and I'll ask you this question, or I should say I've had uh, hosts or guests on, I should say, that have said for, you know, do not get a degree in aviation. Uh, if uh, by all means do something else. Uh, there's, there's a couple of uh, different views on that. Uh, having that degree in aviation, I think, Je or uh, Eric, you really uh, hit on this point. We actually see this at the airline where your depth of knowledge is much greater. There's someone like myself who did not have a degree in aviation. Mine was in computer science. I had to educate myself on my own as to what an airline, how an airline works, and to learn those systems. And I could have taken a class in weather, air traffic control, systems operations at a college, which would have made my transition easier. What the person that's, that said that was meaning is that if you don't have a degree in aviation, you open your world up to other jobs in case you lose your job in aviation. So I think that's, that's the reason that that person was stressing that in, in the past. And episode. I totally agree with that. I, I think that, you know, having a, you know, a plan B, C, D, and, uh, and F is a good idea in aviation because there are certainly things that can come up. You could lose your medical. You get furloughed. There's any number of things that can happen. That I mean, that sort of risk exists in multiple careers. It's not like aviation is unique in that regard. And it's always good to have a plan B. Um, you know, I knew, I knew what I what my original plan was, and that was to 
become an airline pilot. I never even made it there because I found corporate aviation, fell in love with that, and that's that became my my new direction. Um, but I wouldn't give anything for the education that I got in in an aviation specific degree program because it made it made everything else so much easier when I got out because I knew I knew how airports operated. I knew more about aircraft systems. I, I, I've never been to a job interview where the systems portion was every, I, I didn't study for it. There was no point because I, I'm not trying to say that I'm like some genius or anything, but I had already learned all that stuff. I didn't have to cram for it because I already knew it. Um, and I, I think there's value in that. It's one less, one less thing to be nervous about when you're going into an interview or, or so on and so forth. So I think the aviation specific degree is helpful if you're getting that aviation specific job, I minored in entrepreneurship. Now, why in the world would you minor in entrepreneurship? Well, because I wanted to understand finance and accounting and marketing and all that stuff so that if if the whole aviation thing didn't work out, I knew enough about business that I could go work in because that was that was my plan B. Um, and uh, we, we, you know, with investments and properties and things like that, and that was what I was going to do. If and that's what I still am going to do. If the aviation thing stops working out, or I ever have enough time where I can start <laughs> a second, uh, start my side job again. That's what I'm going to do because that's what I want to do. Um, but uh, but anyway, I, I, there are. That's a fifty-fifty split. It depends on who you ask and what you're trying to do. But in, to answer this person's very specific question. Do you need to get an aviation-specific degree? No, you do not need to. Um, would it be useful? Maybe. If you have the time and you want to invest that time in that regard, I think you'd be well-served in doing it. But it's not something that you have to do. I, I think that's a great answer. Thanks, Eric. That's terrific. And by the way, Tom, what do you have your degree in? Uh, aeronautical science. Aeronautical science, okay. So, And you actually went into that career. That did help you, I'm assuming? You know, I think that it helped me... Um, Definitely in my current position, uh, probably in my last position, and perhaps along the way. Uh, and and st- and story and game is that I think it did make a difference. Now, it, you know, you it, in today's world, you can get your own degree. You, you don't necessarily need to have, uh, you know, an, an aviation aeronautical degree because if you pick up the far aim, and if you pick up the instrument flying handbook and and aerodynamics for naval aviators. And you understand how to be a good pilot. I, I got to say, most companies who are hiring pilots are looking for good pilots. And you can overcome often, if they want that aviation degree, you can overcome maybe that, that lack of aviation degree with your in-depth knowledge and abilities. Is showing that you're a good pilot. They're hiring you for that, not anything else, assuming that's the position you're going for. That's a great point. And uh, just, just know your stuff. Uh, and that that's an awesome point. Well, thanks, guys. I, I appreciate that. Uh, let's move on to the next question. Uh, I guess we're running on time. What have we got? About ten more minutes here. Is that right, Eric? Uh, so let's move on to the f- next question about skywriting. This is an interesting one. Uh, says, uh, "Hi, Carl. I'm a 45-year-old instrument-rated pilot working on my commercial. Just completed my table with an endorsement in a J3 Cub. That's cool." I've been listening to your, both your podcasts for a couple of weeks, uh, excuse me, a couple of years now, and you continue to inspire me, and I can always count on you for a positive attitude. I can retire in three to five years from my job as an auto worker and plan on pursuing a career as a pilot. As a middle-aged pilot, I do not plan to pursue a typical airline path. I appreciate the, the diversity that your podcast offers. This suggestion is for the oddballs like myself. 
Uh, you briefly mentioned that you would like to interview a skywriting pilot, the guy that built a 90-horsepower continent. Uh, what does that say? 90-horsepower continental in the Cub. I am currently flying, who, by the way, balanced it to zero tolerances. That's pretty good. Is also a skywriter. Uh, he's worthy of an interview. He's well-spoken, intelligent, and diverse pilot, and an incredible stick-and-runner man. And he gives me his info. I have contacted that person, and I think skywriting is a cool job. Uh, just like uh, banner towing can be a cool job. You just have to make sure you, you get on with the, the right person. And yes, I, I we will in the future have somebody, uh, and this specific person has agreed to, to come on in the future as far as a skywriting job. So look forward to that interview, and thanks so much for that suggestion. Um, there's uh, another, let's see, we have, can we do one more here? Yeah, let's do one more question and then we'll, we'll close here. It talks about uh, type ratings for free. And it says, Carl, I just read an interesting article that you and your subscribers to the podcast listeners might be very interested in. It's a way to get a free type rating at CAE. Uh, it's at CAE.com. It's called Supporting Crew Member Program. I read about it in the June 2015 issue of Plane and Pilot Magazine. He gives us the link. I'll put that into the uh, into the podcast episode, that link, because you can read it. Uh, you don't have to be a subscriber to do that. The article says the basic minimum qualifications are multi-engine commercial instrument rating and 300 hours of total time. If you're shooting for the ATP, you'll need to pass the ATP written exam before you arrive. The author of the article is Pete Tobin. To paraphrase the article, dangerous for me, uh, Pete says that it's a program where you provide your services as a right seater, quote-unquote, in whatever aircraft you're qualified in, ground school provided. After 80 sessions or more, you're graduated to a student status in what's called an educational grant. The catch is you basically hang out in Dallas or whatever location on your own dime and wait for an odd number of students when called to fly the right seat for a paying student in the left. When I read this, I immediately thought of you and your podcast because it seems like it'd be a great addition to your endeavors to get information out to help folks get a corporate slash airline job. Also, it'd make, at least in my mind, a great podcast topic. Well, there you go. Here's looking forward to the 21st of May podcast. It hasn't made it to my queue yet. Thanks for all you do. Well, thanks so much. That's uh, That was very nice of you. Uh, they, that article is interesting. There's a lot of other uh, avenues you can go. CAE is one, but there's all sorts of avenues you can go to sit in the right seat. And uh, kind of like an internship type of thing. Uh, there's lots of feelings uh, about doing that because it seems like you're doing it for free. But if you, you look at the article, read the article, it's important because you, you basically are, are paying your dues. You're not so much doing that for free. Uh, any has uh, Have you guys heard of any of these type of programs before where you can work as an intern? I've only known of uh, one or two of them. I, I've seen them out there, yeah. Uh, a little different than this, more sponsored by schools. Uh, maybe, Eric, you would be expert on that, but... Um yeah, I've seen it out there, and, and I think I agree with you, Carl. It's got it's not really an established sector yet. Is maybe the the, the way to say it. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of different viewpoints on on uh, you know if that's a good way to go or not. So, uh, but yeah, it's out there for sure. Yeah, it's uh, and, and it, it, there's a difference between this and pay for training kind of thing. I think there's a, a little bit of a difference here. Eric, have you seen this type of program? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we actually talked about a program like this that uh, Flight Safety Academy does over at uh, Enviro Beach. Um, very similar to the kind of thing where um, they spot you your um, instructor ratings and then you work for a specified period of time and then you get the type rating of your choice when you exit. Um, you know, it's, it's not, this is more kind of like a, 
well, it's like we talked about uh, in a previous episode about fellowships. Right. This almost falls into that fellowship category. Um, and uh, there are opportunities like this. Um, you just kind of have to, they're, I don't want to say they're odd, but they're, they all have different requirements and it doesn't fit that typical mold. But it is it is certainly an opportunity, something that people need to be aware of. Um, you know, that's that's a great way to get your foot in the door. I, I think so too. And just one last note on that: I am, you know, I flew a lot in Texas and uh, near the Houston area. We had a lot of people become quote unquote interns, flying right seat in multi engine aircraft to go out and check on oil rigs. And they got a lot of multi time doing that because they go out to the oil rigs, check on them. Uh, a lot of the unmanned rigs. It's it's pretty interesting stuff. Uh, but uh, anyway, well, that wraps it up for for uh, this evening. Uh, and guys, this it, this has gone so quickly uh, that uh, <laughs> I, I really appreciate Eric, your being here, and also Tom, uh, your being here on the show. Uh, and uh, just give us your contact information before we wrap up. Uh, Eric, how can people get in touch with you? You can find me on the Twitter at symbol C Eric Go S E E E R I C G O. Um, and if you're looking for information about a college program, you can find my college program on Facebook or Twitter, Polk Aerospace. Great. And uh, Tom, where can they find you on the, uh, well, on the social media world? Yeah, the easiest way is probably through simple old-fashioned email, uh, tom at privatejetpodcast.com. I check that every day, and I've gotten a, a few emails through there. And, and uh, you know, I always say this, Carl, but you, got, you have some of the best listeners and uh, they've got really, really good questions. So uh, the easiest way to reach out is uh, uh, that email address. Great. Terrific. Yeah, very challenging questions sometimes. I have to do a lot of research before answering them. I'm sure you, you folks do too. And uh, I think uh, the, you listening right now, you are terrific. And uh, I know that you can get to whatever you want to do. You can do anything you want. Uh, there's a great quote by, by Walt Disney that I love. And it's, uh, if you can dream it, you can do it. If you can dream about yourself being in the cockpit, being paid to fly an airplane, being someone that's fixing those engines, uh, being inside that airplane as a flight attendant or somebody who's managed that airplane you can do it i know you can you know there there's many ways to to get onto our website and get feedback just go out to aviationcareerspodcast.com click on contact also feedback at aviationcareerspodcast please leave a voicemail email whatever you know every time i finish the show i always ask people to do one thing to move forward in their career but i'm going to ask you to do one specific thing because of this episode you know, we talked about your social media policy. I want, to, I want you to do this for me, if you can. No matter what you're doing in life, I want you to go out there. Go to your Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Do right now, or you know, when you stop your car, if you're listening to this, go out there and, and discover uh, what it is that might be moving you forward in your career, in your social media policy, and what may be holding you back. And if you see something out there, do a, do an audit of your own social media. That's the one thing I want you to do to move forward in your career right now is to do just look at your social media. If there's something there that, that you think is not helping you in your career, I want you to remove it. I want you to also start thinking about posting things and putting things out there that are going to move you forward. Do an audit and be honest with yourself. You don't have to ask your friends. If you look at it and it doesn't look like it's something you want your mother, your father, or your potential employer to see, time to get rid of that. Also think about those things that you think that they would enjoy. 
Well, guys, I really appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you next episode. And remember, do one thing right now. Look at your social media and move forward in your career. Make it something positive. Make it something that you would be proud of. Talk to you next episode. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.